Pomeringa Revenue is a place for all like-minded creatives to come together and learn all aspects of a wedding business. I am your host, Phil Beavout, and with me is my ride-or-die, Brittany. We are wedding filmmakers in New England and love chatting about all things wedding business related. We talk about not just the creative sides of our industry, but the business sides as well. Brittany has a background in business marketing, and in a previous life, I led large-scale teams at nuclear power plants with multi-million dollar budget. We love bringing on guests that are more knowledgeable than us who can bring different insights to the table. Sit back grab a pen and get ready to take some notes. You might want to brace yourself too, because we have some real raw, candid conversations with no filters. Welcome to From Ring to Revenue, the Wedding Entrepreneur Academy. Let's get after it. I'm your host, Phil Beabout, with my beautiful wife and co-host, Brittany. And today we are talking with Jordan Kentris, the founder and owner of A Good Day. A Good Day was created to serve planners and their eclectic couples with one-of-a-kind stationery that establishes a unique brand for each event. Jordan has been recognized by BizBash as one of the most innovative people in 2020 for his creative, holistic approach to virtual events. And recently, he was a finalist for the NACE One Awards Innovator of the Year. We're so fortunate to have Jordan on today to share his expertise in the realm of the user experience and branding. So let's get after it. Jordan, we are so excited to have you on. How's everything going? It's awesome. Thanks for having me, Phil and Britt. Yeah, no, we're stoked. Uh, I do want to point something out. Jordan is our first international guest. And, it's kind of a big deal for a little podcast. We're yeah, and I got to admit yeah, I mean, that the the quality of the Zoom talking to Jordan is better than the quality that I get from Britt being two stories above me in her own damn house. <laughs> so <laughs> sad, but true. Oh man, I can't like you give it like fifteen well, minutes and Brittany. Like the fucking Wi-Fi issues are just you know, yeah, you work from home and you're like, oh, I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> yeah, no, like you give this like fifteen minutes and Brittany is gonna be completely out of sync with everything that we're talking about because she's <laughs> oh, at like the farthest point known to man from the router. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. hopefully we fix that though. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. It, you know, I was joking. Every time we do a podcast episode, I just add a number and I'm like, oh, we're 88 episodes in now. You'd think I know what the, I was doing, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> always something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that whole 10,000 hour things is no joke. Like we got a long ways to go. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. So let's, uh, why don't you give us uh, your background? So could you tell us how you started and how you ended up creating a good day? How far back do I go? I, I, like, I don't even know. Um, I actually started out doing art and design and then stumbled into web development. So I actually ran a, a fans. I, I laugh because it's like really weird. About five, six years into my career, I really missed working with my hands. Like I grew up crafting and doing art and all those things. And I was on the computer like you know, 15, 16 hours a day as one is when they make websites. Uh, and... Um, I started a handmade brooch business, actually, because my husband at the time uh, was obsessed with brooches at the time. And I don't know why, that's what we did. <laughs> uh, and then uh, my brother was getting married like a year and a half. That business kind of like fizzled out. But I, I was always obsessed with paper and was at the time like learning a lot about paper for the brooch side of things. And then my brother was getting married and I was like, can I do your wedding invitations? <laughs> like no inkling of what was going on in the industry. And I learned a ton and it was amazing. So worth it. But I was bitten by like the wedding bug at that point in time. And I spent yeah. six months building up my business, um, kind of putting a plan together, coming up with 16 semi-custom suites, which are no longer around because uh, I'm all custom. But 
once I launched, I was like, this is it. <laughs> I was like, we're going to do this. Uh, and then the business over the years has evolved. Um, during the pandemic, I actually folded my UX side of my business into my consulting for weddings. So I do kind of B2B and B2C. So direct to client as well as helping pros with their own businesses uh, wearing both hats. So wow, it works out really well for me now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so you've, you've worked with some pretty... I mean, I guess you could say they're well, well-known brands. I mean, you have things like Pepsi, you know, little companies. Uh, is, <laughs> is, is there anything that you missed about working for like large corporations like that? Like, did, I mean, did you, did they at least, did Mercedes provide you a car? <laughs> no. No. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, it's, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's all over the place. I still have my foot in the door in the advertising world. Um, and so I still get to work on some big things. And for me, it's important because I do a lot of research on on the advertising side. So I learn a ton about high-end clients and a lot of the different spaces and their user behaviors and their patterns for shopping. And like typically take a lot of those learnings and even though they're not identical, like we did a really cool study a couple of years back uh, for VW uh, about the car buyer's journey. And we're like all the touch points of like why they wanted to buy a car, how they decided on the type of car, you know, all the triggers that go on and all those things. And for me, I was able to take a lot of that thinking and say, you know, even though we're getting married, we're not buying a car, but we're investing a ton of money. And what does it look like to start having those conversations? And when do you have those conversations? Who do you involve? Because there's a lot of similar behaviors that happen when you're purchasing something of a large value. And so for me, it's really important for me to see and hear a lot of those things. Um, but yeah, I've worked on, I think, like five car brands in my career in advertising, and I have yet to get a car from any of them. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> like, we're, we're very excited to have you on because we've, we've talked a lot about branding. I talked to a lot of people about the importance of branding. And I'll be honest, like I, you know, most of the time I can't really articulate why it's important. I just know that it's important. And um, so having, having your expertise is, is pretty, like, I, I think this is pretty fascinating. So let's, let's kind of talk about the luxury market. Could you walk us through, I, I want to say like, so when, when I'm talking to people, I, I have a very generic way of looking at some of the the branding and that kind of stuff. And what I mean by that is I'm, I'm big into rip off and duplicate because people like Christian Louboutin and Louis Vuitton, like they've done a lot of work hiring people like you yeah. to do some amazing stuff for their branding. And I'm like, Oh, I could just copy that. So <laughs> not in a copy. I, yeah. Right yeah. No, what, what, no, just, no, no, no. And I mean, it's actually a really smart way of going about it. And that's something I like to talk to a lot of pros about is emulating things that our clients are familiar with and see mm -hmm. in other spaces aligns you automatically with those brands. I wouldn't say you should go and make your brand generic block font all black and white like every other yep. luxury fucking brand out there, which is annoying, <laughs> uh, except a few of them. Um, this is going to be a I good conversation. <laughs> but it's really about how you can use cues and language and design styles and types of photography and types of colors and ways of presenting yourself. Could you kind of go into maybe some detail on how to take like say a photography or a planner or a you know wedding videographer, like how to switch that, like say your website, for example, like how to start moving that into a more luxury, like user experience, like geared towards like what, what would you recommend for that? Did that question even make sense? See this damn energy drinks yeah. kicking in now. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> if your drink didn't kick in, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> 
It just sounded like word salad right there. <laughs> so um, I got it. I got it. So so typically, what I do is when we look at who your ideal client is, I actually like to understand who those clients buy. Um, where do they shop? Where do they look for things? Where are they getting inspiration from outside of the event industry? I think that is incredibly important because, you know, copying someone else in the industry doesn't really serve you that much because then you look like everyone else. Um, just, just my two cents. Um, <laughs> yep, and so, like, for me, let's, let's pretend your ideal client likes uh, Gucci. Let's say they like Gucci. So for me, I would say, okay, so your brand, we looked at the design keys of Gucci. It is, you know, a lot of pattern mixing, a lot of, you know, their maximalist to the extreme. I love it. That's my aesthetic. So I'm like, gotcha. So you'd want to then say, okay, I I get what you're going for. This like high Italian vibe, this really like eclectic mixing and matching, this kind of body at times style, 70s, 60s reference. How do you then bring this into your design aesthetic and your brand and align it there? I'd say, okay, so we can look at what colors you're going to be using. How do you want to differentiate yourself against your competitors? And how do you want to differentiate yourself against or align yourself with some of the things that they're doing? And so you might want to look at, you know, mustards or greens or reds or something along those lines that, again, in the in our industry, I find a lot of people tend to default to luxury equals a white website with very little things. And if you're a photographer, it's really light and airy style photography, like that, which is beautiful. Like, I love it. But it looks like 90% of the other luxury photographers' websites. So how are you going to be like, I'm different because I shoot light and airy and on film. And I'm like, so does everyone else who talks about this. And like, you have no differentiation at that point in time. So do you want to be like, well, listen, I... I shoot fashion campaigns. I do the, like, what can you do that aligns yourself to those things that your client would then be like, oh, cool. Like, that is neat. I didn't know you did that. Or, you know, I extensively travel and I speak Italian, like whatever. Like, what are the things that make you unique that someone who appreciates the highest level of detail will also then appreciate in your business? I'm really glad that I get to record these. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, um, I think that that's really awesome. First of all, that, you would really cater to a certain audience, but how would you, you know, not every single one of your clients is going to be maybe that Gucci. Maybe it's, I mean, I get what you're saying. It's all like the luxury feel. Is there like anything that I don't want to say is generic? Cause then again, you start to look like everybody else in the industry. I mean, what are some main things that you think that everyone's website should have in order to have that kind of like luxury feel like ease of use yeah, there's, or there's certain some, fonts. some automatic things yeah uh, don't go fonts i mean <laughs> I, I won't go into that because it gets really prescriptive yeah um and i don't again want everyone to do it but typically in the luxury space there's a lot of white space and by that it doesn't literally mean white space but it means empty space yep. um because you're gonna you know you want things to have breathing room around it um, there are some design friends that are a little bit more kooky out there, but typically when you think of luxury, you think of, you know, really clean, high, high, high end. And when you're thinking of, if you're thinking of typography or colors, you want things that are really rich looking um, and really contemporary or classic in those senses. Um, it's a little bit, I'm a big advocate for kind of niching down though. So for me, like for me, for example, I'm a maximalist designer. Typically, most of my clients are not necessarily they all buy Gucci, but they appreciate, you know, color, texture, pattern, 
not necessarily all three at once, but they find things that we can then have common language with. Right. Um, whereas someone who is a luxury client but wants, you know, really beautiful calligraphy on a white invitation with a white envelope and no liner isn't my kind of client, even though they might be within my budget range. And for me, I typically refer that out um, because I don't enjoy, like I enjoy doing the work, but it's not the same thing as this person's amazing at it. I'm a really big advocate of this person specializes in these things. Go work with them, even though the job should be like, I'd love to work on it, but you know, it doesn't fulfill me the same way as crazy shit. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, how do I figure that out? Like, I just honestly, like whatever I can do that is weirder or harder or more challenging. I'm like that one. (laughs) I don't know if the money's there, but I will find it and I will make it work. (laughs) Just on like a personal note, how, and if you're comfortable with sharing, how often do you yeah. um, kind of like shoe work away? Just like if it's not in your realm, like how often do you see yourself just, ah, this isn't really me? Now, more and more often. Um, it's not like every week. Um, right. Because I've also narrowed down who I talk to and who I work with. And so the people who would used to refer me to that that stopped referring me to that stuff because they know I'm out of that price range. And they know my aesthetic is different. Typically, even if I get an inquiry in there, if it's from a planner, I let them know typically what my price range is, what the investment level is, what my kind of work style is, if I think that we're going to be a fit, um, and the kinds of clients I like to work with. And then, you know, we kind of see where things go. But if they're coming at me with like, I have $400 for my wedding invitation, I'm like, I don't think anyone's going to help you. You know, <laughs> go to Vistaprint, go to Staples. <laughs> yeah, like you can find those things. And ultimately, they can service what you're looking for because you're not looking for anything custom. Yeah. That's not going to cover any of my fees, let alone my production. <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> so you just have to, like, for me, it's about just having an honest conversation. And it's honestly, it's, it's scary to be like, here, Jordan, I have $5,000 for wedding invitations. But I'm like, that's not my vibe at all. And that's going to be a time suck. And it's not going to be the right thing for me. Right. Uh, it is hard to be like, turn that away. But at a certain point, I've come to the realization that ultimately, that $5,000 isn't going to serve me in the long run. Sure, we'll pay my bills right now. But that I'm not going to necessarily get more of that work in the future. Because I'm not going to kill it the same way that I would coming right. out of the box with something that the client, like, it's going to look like it's supposed to look like. And I'll be like, well, you can go get that from someone who specializes in that. Or me, I want you to come to me if you're like, I want an invitation that opens up and <laughs> has robot arms. And I'm like, right. I don't know. Sure. Like, <laughs> how do I do that? Fuck if I know. We're going to figure it out, I'm though. <laughs> I know. I'm like gluing shit at 4 a.m. And my husband's like, are you coming to bed? I'm like, no. it's not folding right damn it (laughs) no i have to do this a hundred more times (laughs) yeah i mean so that's that kind of challenge and i let my clients know that that's what they get in when they sign up with me is that level of i'm gonna push myself to do things that i haven't done before that you're not gonna see before you might see it in another brand not in the event space but how do we bring it into the event space so that we can do those things i mean your event super cool and yeah, I've, I've been making, so I've been, I've been taking classes uh, on just design. So whether it's in design, you know, mood boarding, storyboard, like I've been taking, you know, in fact, I, I take a class, I start a class in typography here in a couple of days. And uh, nice. I have gained so much appreciation for what goes into just the design element for something as simple as just a website or a business card. You know what I mean? Like just, you know, getting away from oh, a template on, well, you know what I mean? Like, like the thought that goes behind some of this stuff yes. is yeah, yeah, yeah. really I mean, like, I'm such a 
particular. Like a business card is the thing you take away. And um, as a paper person, I do a flick test. You know, when you take the corner of the paper and you can tell how thick oh, it is. Oh, you're, you're like American Psycho right there. That is <laughs> yeah. some straight American Psycho <laughs> shit. <laughs> It's like, oh, this is 12-gauge uh, paper and like, stock. <laughs> and, like, oh, like, and we will be right back. Are you tired of aimlessly flipping through mediocre at best music for hours? Do you find yourself wasting valuable time on projects just trying to find that perfect song? Bring in Musicbed. The first time Britt and I looked at their library, I remember saying, we could use any of these. Musicbed has a massive library of elite musicians used by brands like Nike, Samsung, Apple, and ESPN. Having a hard time finding that perfect song? Reach out to a specialist who can help do the searching for you and create a list of songs specifically for your project. Imagine the amount of stress reduction you would have with music selection being a breeze. Imagine how much time you can save during an edit by having a massive library of meticulously selected songs. What would that do for your productivity or quality of life? Musicbed is your solution. Click on our link below to see our hand-selected playlist. Use code WVFB at checkout and get your first month free when you sign up. Musicbed was simply a lifesaver for us. Tired of paying an enormous price for your website? Are you paying more than 12 or 13 bucks a month for multiple websites? Because we're not. We use Cloudways. You can pick your own server, pay as you go, no lock-ins, and get a free SSL certificate. Cloudways uses WordPress applications, which are included in the price. Did I mention that they will migrate your website over for you for free? Plans start as low as 11 bucks a month. We run all three of our websites off of a Vulture server through Cloudways, all for half of what the leading website host costs per year for one. Save yourself time and money with Cloudways. Click on our affiliate link below to start your free trial. You'll never look back. We didn't. And now back to the show. So let, let's talk about attracting. <laughs> let's talk about attracting luxury clients. Let Let's say that you know you you want to make the break into the luxury market, and you know that that's going to be your ideal client, quote unquote. Where would you start to start figuring out, say, like what their purchasing habits were? So, like you gave a good example with Gucci a little while ago, but how would I know that my ideal couple like Gucci? over ask on a product ask yeah ask your existing clients and you know sometimes you know like, i don't have my perfect client just yet take a look at the jobs that you love and you love to do more of even though if they would have more money and talk to them about you know what inspires them where do they look for things like this is part of my onboarding process with clients because for me it's really important in how i design it just becomes part of my conversation with them looking at where they what what are they wearing when i meet them where are they shopping what what are some of the favorite things that they get inspiration by and so that is that kind of piece the other thing is i talk to event pros who are on my level or above and you know hey can i take you out for a coffee i just want to talk a little bit about your ideal like who do you serve how do you serve them what do they look for and i try and pull out nuggets from there because if they're like hey you know they're really affluent they do these things i'm like okay well they live in a suburb so you know they're probably not or they shop downtown there's a couple of really core areas so like i can make some assumptions in there and kind of narrow things down and for me, the magical thing with the internet is you can try stuff out and the next day you change it and no one literally knows. <laughs> like, like the cool thing with our business is clients for the most part are, are one time. And so you do have one kick of the can to really kind of impress them. 
But the next client who comes in the door doesn't know what your brand looked like six months ago, last week, like whatever. They happen to check your website when they check your website. Right. And so there's opportunity in there to keep evolving as you learn more details. It's not the old days where you printed a brochure and you had that brochure for three years and it had a price in it. Now you're screwed. Like, <laughs> you know, we're not, we're not in that realm anymore uh, as much. Um, I don't know about Vanius, but <laughs> like it's a little bit different now with most other pros where you're like, check my website out for pricing or investment. Like you can give some of that context or contact me for more details. Like there's flexibility within there. And so for me, it's about just having conversations. Um, I had a client like five or six years ago and we didn't really have a conversation about the brand she loved, but I got it from her aesthetic. Um, and when we wrapped up the job, I delivered the job and I was like, can I just ask you a really quick question? I was like, just for my own thing. Like if I were to pick one luxury brand for you, it would be Chloe. And she's like, that is my favorite brand. This purse is Chloe. I didn't really realize at the time. And I was like, okay. So I was able to get enough of that because of the way she dressed, the way that she presented herself, the aesthetic of the invitation. Like she didn't explicitly say those things, right. but I knew enough about the brands themselves. Like it's really important you do your research. Um, and again, it doesn't mean you have to go into every store and talk to every, like the websites tell you a lot. Um, I also... I'm obsessed with architecture. So I'll look up like Burberry flagship store London and just see photos of what the store looks like. Hey, I love store design. So I'm like, cool. Uh, <laughs> and window displays. But it tells you a lot about what the brand looks like, how they present themselves, what's cool, what's innovative. And you should start picking up those cues because again, clients don't know, most of them don't know how to articulate that. They don't say, I love bold white space with whatever lights and like, they don't know how to articulate, but they're like, I like the feeling that this brand gives me, or I like this texture or pattern, or I love the way that they present themselves. The models are really cool. And you're like, okay, what does that mean? Like, how do I, yeah. like, what do I, how do I interpret that? How do I translate um, a cool model into my website? Yes, this is why I'm bald, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you and me both. So. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you can start to pick up those things based on a lot of different ways they present themselves how they talk how they how they reference what kind of car they drive like you can find things out that you can then align based on those behaviors i know it takes practice and so you're not going to be like someone walks into the door and you're like bingo first time like yeah i'm wrong half the time but it doesn't really matter i'm at least having the conversation and then letting them tell me about their passions and interests and what makes them excited and what they like about design. Like my clients are all design oriented because I'm a design brand. I'm not uh, like, here's the traditional way of doing invitations from the past 150 years. Like clients don't come to me for that. And so I don't have to go into the etiquette side of, is it Mr. or Mrs. or whatever. Like my couples are a little bit more flexible or, um, you know, non-binary clients and things like that. And so for me, I'm like, okay, how do we figure all this out? Like that's the stuff that I, typically attract within my clientele. Um, and so I can have those conversations with them because I've trained myself over the years to do that. Um, so it's just practice and, and research, I'll say. Were you going to say something, Britt? Well, I was just going to say that... Um, I could see the wheels spinning from here. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going <laughs> to articulate this well. But um, so you've gathered all this insight from your couples and you kind of know like, okay, this, this couple is definitely like high-end luxury designer feel that how then do you like are you 
putting that together on your website in the form of like mimicking the sort of like text. And by text, I mean verbiage that's on their website to attract those clientele. And then you're using the same, like we talked about it, like colors and um, just as like a overall roundabout way of like designing your website to attract those that are in kind of like that feel, that realm of luxury. If that's yeah, right. it's it's important to then take those design cues and implement them in ways that A, align with your brand. Like I wouldn't just start shoving shit right. in your site to make it look <laughs> that way. Uh, it's not going to go well. It's going to look like a weird mishmash. Uh, but I think it's really important to your point. Like if they use certain types of language, like if maybe, so a lot of luxury fashion houses use the word concierge. Maybe the way that you talk about your white glove service is a concierge service. So you could start to use language that they might be familiar with in other spaces, uh in there. The other thing is as you move further up, and this is just my experience. I mean, it could be very different. I most of my direct clients aren't coming to me. They're coming to me through a planner or through a a vendor referral. And so for me, it's about aligning my brand and aesthetic and letting them know that, that the referral source is how I can speak their language. When I put a design presentation together, typically I pull, like I do a lot of mood boards Uh um, in references um, that talk about how we get to the idea less on the idea itself uh, at the beginning of the stage. Because I'm like, here, here's how I do that. So I include fashion references, architecture references, movie references, like the things that my clients would appreciate so that automatically they know what I'm speaking about without me having to speak it. Because if I'm like, one of my favorite movies in Moulin Rouge, if I have a client who I know is going to be like out there and interesting, I'll include a Moulin Rouge reference in there and I'll know if they're my kind of people when they see it. And they're like, oh my God, I love that. How do we build on that? Like, that's how you can start to add those cues because there are things that they're familiar with um, in there. On your site, you obviously can't do some of that. But I think on the about page, for me, it's, again, this is going to be a long time. Talking about in like injecting your personality in there. Oh, like for a number of years, I was really apprehensive about putting myself in my brand. I was like, it's my brand. Jordan's behind the scenes, like doing all the work, but he's not really out there. And it just got to the point where I was like, the thing that makes me different is me, not my work. Because anyone can do, like there's quite a few stationers who do the kind of work that I do. But the thing that brings me, that brings clients to me is me. Right. My aesthetic, my way of talking, my way of behaving, like my ideas, the way I approach things. Like if you give me and five other luxury stationers the same job, we're going to come up with something completely different because of the way that we've interpreted it, how we approach work, how we work ourselves, like what kind of materials we do. Anyway, long story short, um, it's like on my about page, I start to talk about my alignment to those things. I talk about the, my interest in music, my favorite films, those kind of things, because I want people to realize what I am and what I'm not. Right. Um, so that I don't typically attract someone who isn't aligned with those things. Like, um, I don't do a lot of minimalist weddings because I don't, <laughs> I don't, I'm not a minimalist aesthetic. <laughs> uh, and when I do minimalism, like I did a minimalist wedding, but it, we used seven different papers in the invitation. It was all white, but every paper was different texture. And we did, you know, uh, some embossing and some foil and tone on tone and like, it was beautiful and they got that, but they also appreciated that level of finesse. So even though it was you know, minimalist overall, it was very maximalist in its approach. Um, and so 
again, it's about aligning those things in there. Um, the other thing I'll say when you're structuring a website is having singular focus on most pages. And by that, I mean, not necessarily one piece of content, but talk about one thing thoroughly in one page and give them the next step from there. So luxury typically kind of gives you all you need. You're not like a treasure hunt trying to find pricing in one spot and another thing in another spot, another thing in another spot, another thing that's all pertaining to the same thing. Like I don't have a seven page microsite on how I approach wedding websites. Like, no, it's one thing that talks about what I do within that realm. And so that I can direct a client there and they can get all they need in there. Luxury is also about, it's very high touch. Oftentimes those kind of clients don't have a ton of time. And so, you know, throwing a book at them isn't going to necessarily, they're going to be like, holy shit, like I'm very overwhelmed. Yeah. <laughs> I just, can you do what I want you to do or what I think you need to do? Yes. Tell me about it. Now let's have a conversation or who can I put you in touch to have a conversation with? And so it's about a mindset shift. Um, whereas when I started out and I was a little bit more budget and moving to more intermediate budgets, you know, then you're like, I can do all the things, I can do everything, like you're all about how you service them and turn things around fast and, you know, a volume side. When you move into more luxury, typically the volume decreases because your price increases. Right. Um, and so for me, it's about how I spend time with clients and how I nurture those relationships and how I help you do something you didn't know you could do. Like, like that's the way that I shift that language because I'm all about customer service as part of that luxury offering like you're paying for my brain to work with my tiny little hands <laughs> and make shit for you like like i want you to know that it's all made by hand like everything is literally touched if i'm making a thousand pieces my hands have touched a thousand pieces wow i'm not going to a printer and hitting print <laughs> right no that's like that's labor intensive, first of all. Yeah. And <laughs> let me let me transition yeah. to something just real quick. Because sure. believe it or not, we've been chatting for about an hour. Um mm -hmm. <laughs> let's let's take this to the next kind of step. Just just real quick. Sure. Uh everything's lined up on the website. Like how how are you applying everything that you've learned about your ideal couple to like that sales approach? Like now you're getting on the call with somebody, like how are you applying that kind of like psychology to say your discovery calls and that kind of stuff? For me, it comes up in a couple of different ways. Um, some of my like ultra luxury clients, I'll never meet in person because, you know, I, as a stationary, I can ship everything everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's one awesome thing. So I have a, like a, an onboarding box. Uh, that I mail the clients ahead of time. Like if they're going to spend a buttload of money, I'm like, sure, I'll invest 50 bucks and send this to you because I know this is going to go somewhere. Uh, and in there's so like paper samples so they can touch things and get some ideas. If I have had a, been able to, to build that up. But the box is also branded beyond belief. Like it's got my logo, it's designed. Yeah. Like, so like it's, oh, nice. it's not a normal box. Like yeah. it's, a, it's a mailer, it's all designed. So it's like, it is the epitome of what my brand is. So when they get it in the mail, they're like, what is this? It looks like my brand. They open it up. It's got tissue paper and sticker. Like it's all the things yeah. that you're like, okay, well, someone spent a lot of time doing. And I'm like, yeah, that's going to be the same thing that's going to happen with your invitations. Yeah. <laughs> like I want you to realize that at a level of attention to detail is going to be the same. Like I mail it in a bigger box. Your invitations <laughs> come in a bigger box. It's custom. <laughs> like, whatever. I'm a crazy person. Uh, my husband's like, how much money did you spend? And I was like, shut up. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's important for me to then say, like, that is part of my experience. I want someone to be like, this is special. 
Yeah. Um, and then when we have an onboarding, my onboarding questionnaire is built in type form, uh, which I love because uh, it's so seamless in the way you use it. So it's really easy to use. You can do it on desktop or mobile. It's interchangeable, but it looks like my brand. It is completely customized, patterns, fonts, everything. They have no idea. And so it's a consistent experience every time they talk to me. My presentation is built in a PDF that, again, has my brand everywhere. Brand fonts, style, has a title page, has a brief, at the very end has a synopsis. Like that's part of my advertising world of like, how do I present these things? Because I want someone to realize like, here's all the things you learned. Here's the total at the very end, how you build the pricing package. Like here's all the references. Like I want someone to realize I put a lot of work into things. Right. Yeah. Because that's what they're paying for. And so for me, it's about that really, really like high touch experience because I do that level of effort. I want them to know that level of effort is going to be there all the time. Um, and so that is that level of like robustness. By the one we're talking, I can typically riff off what they're talking about from a, you know, an influence perspective, or I can talk about my passions or interests, and then we can start to find common language. Um, a lot of my clients are really like pop culture people too. So I'm like, I'm a big movie and film buff. So I'm like, blah, 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 movie. And they're like, oh my God, I love that movie. And I'm like, yeah, I love the movie too. What do you love about it? Like, and then I'm like in the background writing notes furiously being like, likes Quentin Tarantino. Like, <laughs> like, like you can take those conversations and then be like, okay, so when I'm working on things, like how can I reference some of those pieces? Like for me as a designer, I'm not, tell me the theme of your event. And then I design directly to the theme. I'm like, I want to know what you like so that I can represent you in the suite. Sure, well, obviously look like what your event's going to look like. Right. But I want to incorporate details that are really meaningful to you. Oftentimes with my couples, I design like a custom monogram. And for a few of them, they're like, my cats are super important to me. So I've incorporated a reference to their cats in their monogram. Yeah. Uh, either subtle ways or more literal ways. Right. Um, and for them, they're like, oh, beaming. And I'm like, <laughs> awesome. Like, and it's one way they can bring it in there and they have that thing they can use in a bunch of different spaces and their cats are there. I'm like, but again, it's not like hit them over the head and the cats are walking down the aisle because most of the time it's not logistically possible. <laughs> and so how do you, how do you do those things and how, how are you important? How is that important to you and how do you do this and weave it through the experience of the event? The, the piece that I'd like people to realize is, and I kind of alluded this to a little bit earlier, is it's an evolution. Like my brand over time is constantly evolving. The colors don't like I rebranded a couple of years ago. Like I haven't changed that, but how I present myself, especially in copy changes, social changes, um, my email header, like whatever, my presentation style, like it's always evolving and not to be afraid of it evolving because I mean, to me, that shows growth. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't have my, my brand doesn't change like night and day like aesthetically, but it evolves over time. So, you know, a year from now, my brand is going to look slightly different than it did today because I've evolved as a designer. I've gained new influences. I've changed how I want to approach things. I might be bored with a certain aesthetic, so I'm going to try and attract a new aesthetic. Right. Um, a photographer I, I worked with for a number of years specialized in Jewish weddings, and they had a section on their site about Jewish weddings. And he was like, listen, I've shot some South Asian weddings, but I want to shoot more of them. So he changed because a lot of times his couples would send the link to their family and friends. And so he would get a lot of repeat business from that group because they're like, oh my God, they specialize in Jewish weddings. Mm -hmm. And so he changed it to South, South Asian <laughs> weddings. And now his portfolio is filled with South Asian weddings because he started attracting those clients by literally putting it out there. Yeah, He still serviced his Jewish community. But he was like, I also do this. Here's a portfolio. And the clients were like, oh, shoot, I didn't know you did that. 
I didn't know you could shoot that thing. Like, and so you start to attract those things that you put out there. So put out the things that you want to attract. It takes time. I won't lie. You're not going to put it up in the next day. All of a sudden, a million dollar client's going to be like, here's my money. Like a miracle. Like, ooh, I love it. But let's be realistic. It's time. It's going to put it out there. I'm going to keep putting it in the universe. Got to keep putting it out with your contacts as you're networking. I'm attracting these kind of things. I serve as this kind of clientele. Those are the kind of things I love to do. If you have those projects, I'd love to work with you. Like, Right. All that. Like what, what's going on? What's, what's fun and exciting that's coming up? Uh, a lot. Now's your, Sorry, now's your time to shine, Jordan. Now's your time to shine. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> um, there's a lot of different things we're doing. I've got some courses launching this year about ideal clients, uh, like how to find them, how to hone them down, some research practices. Um, you'll probably see me at some conferences speaking. Um, and then from a, a business side, I mean, we always do branding and design and website updates and business strategy. Uh, and then if you have a client from a branding or stationary perspective, we also do a lot of that stuff, um, which I love. Like, honestly, it's I, I love being able to play in a lot of different spaces um, because it keeps me motivated and challenged and, and interested. Um, and so I like to wear a lot of different hats. Yeah, it sounds like you, you're up at 4 a.m. working on <laughs> textures and palettes. <laughs> 6 a.m. Trying to, trying, to super, trying to super glue robot arms. <laughs> well, Jordan, is there anything is there anything else you want to say? Is there anything else you'd like to chat about? No, this has been amazing. Thank you, guys. It's been a ton of fun. Um, I've loved being able to share some of the reasons <laughs> you can attract those things. Um, but yeah, I love keeping the conversation going. So happy to kind of pick it up. Uh, with anyone who has any questions. Okay. So when you were talking about your, um, like your courses and that kind of stuff, if you have any links for that, just feel free to send it because I, you know, I'm more than sure. happy to put that in the show notes and that kind of stuff for you. So at any time, Absolutely. whenever yeah. it yeah, we can update, or... we can update the notes, you know, at any point. So, well, Jordan, thank you so much for being on today. I can't tell you how much we appreciate you spending your time with us uh, and sharing your expertise. Expertise. Be sure to check out Jordan's work at a good day, uh, Inc. Inc.com for everything, wedding and events, branding, website design, and education. Uh, or you can keep up with Jordan and his team on their Instagram at a good day, Inc. And as always, all of the links will be in the description of the episode, uh, including his courses and that kind of stuff. So as soon as, as soon as we get that, we'll, we'll pop that in for you. Britt, do you have anything you want to add? No, I think that this has been a lot of fun and I, I love paper and this was fun listening to you talk about just everything. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, if I had more time, I would do a visual aid with all my crazy paper samples <laughs> and just that would be well. Uh, but it's a ton of fun. I love it. Uh, I love talking about it. So thank you so much for having me. Jordan, seriously, thanks. I, I really appreciate it. This was, this was really cool. It was a fun combo. Thank you. Are you backing up your footage? Is it seamless, running in the background, and easily available? Bring in Backblaze, the world's easiest cloud backup. Our workflow is so simple. We offload our footage onto our external drives. Then that evening, the files automatically start backing up into the cloud. There's nothing else for us to do. Imagine having the peace of mind that your footage is stored off-site in a safe location where you can easily retrieve it from your browser and that it is crazy affordable. That's Backblaze. Click on our affiliate link below and get one month free.